Podcast Answer Man, episode number 335. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hey, this is Chris Brogan from ChrisBrogan.com, and you're listening to the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, and today I am so excited to bring to you some valuable content that is going to help you take your things to the next level. Whether you are trying to find out what your brand name should be for your podcast or overall brand altogether, uh, whether or not you're trying to figure out how you're going to implement and how you should feel or respond to YouTube video comment changes, Twitter pulling down their direct message functionality for people who are not following you, or whether or not you're totally bummed by the fact that Twitter seems to have lost its way in the minds of some. Anyway, we're going to talk about all of those things and potentially more in this episode of Podcast Answer Man. But before I begin, I do want to let you know right here at the front of the show, I'm taking next week off. That's right. I am taking the Thanksgiving holiday off here in the States, uh, and I will not be producing an episode of Podcast Answer Man, nor will I produce an episode of Family from the Heart next week. Just going to take that time, spend it with the family, plus um, I will probably still be answering some questions for podcasting A to Z students as well, but I know that it's just not going to happen. We're going to have family over. I hope that uh, for those of you who are celebrating Thanksgiving along with us here, Uh, that you have a wonderful and blessed time uh, with friends, family, or whoever it is that you're hanging out with. And uh, just know that I'll be back the week after that. So I wanted to give you that announcement. And uh, I'm going to jump right into the first topic of today. And it has to be, uh, it has something to do with the fact that I am just now launching uh, this week, just launched my 14th session of podcasting A to Z. And one of the very first things that I assign to my students is a, a tutorial called Before You Record Your First Episode. And one of the things that I, I you know, a lot of students, they want to jump right into the technology things. How do I set up my website? Well, actually, the website is something I really don't even recommend that you even touch until after you've got something to put on your website. And I'm not talking about your 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 artwork. I'm talking about and not your logo, but I'm actually talking about your first podcast episode. If you don't have a podcast website or if you don't have a website already, I usually have my students wait until the third week of the course to actually install WordPress and get it all set up. That that's how far down the road I think it should be. Um, but instead, how, where do you start? Well, a lot of people want to jump right into the equipment. Now, we do jump into the equipment during week one so that students can get that stuff ordered and and shipped to them, but hopefully by the second week of the course so they can get it all set up and things like that. But the first and most important thing 
Actually, no, that's actually assigned during. Yeah, no, it is, that's exciting. Okay, it is the first week. But anyway, the first most important thing that I believe is why do you want a podcast? What is the purpose of your podcast? What is, what, I mean, what is it that is driving you to record this show? Is it something that you're doing because you just have a desire to share something, some message that you have on your heart with the world? Is it because you're trying to sell something? And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Unapologetically, sell things with your podcast. You can do that. You can sell affiliate products and earn commissions. You can sell um, your products and services. I mean, you can do those things. And there's ways to do it without it being, you know, a commercial and all that stuff. But, But is that the reason what is the purpose for your podcast? Is it something else? I mean, there are several reasons. Do, do you just want to become famous? I mean, if, if that's the reason why you want a podcast is because you just want the world to know about you, I, there's nothing intrinsically wrong about that. I mean, just own it and and know that this is the purpose. And when you know the purpose of why you want a podcast, it will help you answer some other important questions. And of course, the next important question is, okay, well, before we talk about all these other things, like let's talk about what goals do you have for your podcast? You know, what what do you want your podcast to ha- I mean, I know the purpose, but but what is what does success look like? What does success look like? How, what are what do you hope what do you hope to achieve? So, you know, for example, these goals should be specific like, you know, I hope to have a minimum of 100 subscribers within the first 90 days of my podcast. And I hope to have at least three pieces of email feedback as a result of somebody who says, I listened to your content and it's really helped me within the first three months, you know, or, or something like that. Some specific, I, I hope that I can have uh, at least one speaking gig that has come directly from somebody who found me via my podcast. And I want that to happen within the first six months. Those kind of goals. Okay, and then I say, let's talk about what your niche focus is. You know, what are you going to talk about? You know, what kind of topics will be covered? What's the what is the show going to be about? And then who is your target audience? Exactly who's going to listen to your show? And of course, I try to get rid of all the anyone's, you know, anyone who fits this, anyone who does this, anyone who does that. And I see that over and over and over again. And so instead, I say, you know, be, be very clear. I want somebody who is this, but also is this, but also is this, and also is this. And therefore, anybody who is not all of those things is not a member of my target audience. And so many students really struggle with, you know, excluding anyone. And the reality is, is you're not excluding anyone. You're not saying that people who don't fit into your target audience can't watch or, or consume your content. So, for example, Podcast Answer Man, I want to tell you right now, I can clearly tell you that 70% of those of you who are listening to my voice are not in my target audience. You're not. But you listen and you love this content. And guess what? I love you listening to this content. And the reality is those 70% of you who are not in my target audience, having you be here and and the fact that you gain value from anything that I might share and say as a result of being very intentional and clearly focused on 
communicating what it is I know my target audience would be li- would be interested in. Um, many of those are, of you who are listening who are not in my target audience, you're going to benefit from this and you're going to tell other people. And there's a good chance that the people that you can, that you tell and that you might bring my way will be somebody within my target audience. And so I, I tend to have a very clear, distinct focus on who my target audience is. And then I say, okay, I'm going to create content for those people. And guess what? occasionally there are a few of you out there who send me an email and say, Cliff, I really did not like the last episode of your podcast. It just seems like, you know, I, I tune into this thing and it's all, you know, I, I really want all this technical stuff and and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just, and by the way, I didn't get anybody who said this, all right, uh, recently, uh, but let's just assume this because this just to give you an example, I really could care less about public speaking. I'm not in I, this isn't you're not the public speaking answer, man. You know, and I come here to learn about the technical side of podcasting and I'm really not inter- interested in that other stuff. You know, and they'll go on and on and on and talk about how, you know, the first couple hundred episodes, they, they really dove into some really technical things and blah, 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 blah. And you, I think that you're losing your way and blah, 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 blah. And all that stuff. And what I can tell you as I'm reading those emails, this person is not in my target audience. And that may be shocking to you. You may not be in my tar- target audience. And that's okay. Now, the reality is, is I try to bring in some technical stuff. But the but the reality is my target audience is very clearly defined. And, and I can assure you that there are about two to 3,000 people that absolutely love the kind of stuff that I bring even if there's not a single technical thing mentioned about podcasting in the episode. So anyway, with all of that being said, these are the kinds of things I think about and I try to get my students to think about and my clients to think about before they even order their equipment, before they install WordPress on their site, before they hit record on their first episode, these are the things. But today I want to talk about one big topic and that is Choosing the name of your podcast, more specifically, even potentially even more broadly than that, is choosing your brand name. Now, one of the things that I do, and I, and I, I, I don't know, maybe I'll go back eventually and, and rewrite this section of that tutorial, but one of the things that I'm a huge fan of is having brand names that are very clear, uh, somewhat boring. I mean, think about this. What's the name of my show? Podcast Answer Man. Now, guess what you might uh, think about the show uh, as far as its content. If all you heard was, hey, Cliff Ravenscraft, he does a podcast called Podcast Answer Man. If you did not know who I was, you didn't know anything about my brand, but all of a sudden it's like, hey, do you know any good podcasts out there? Uh, which one do you listen to? It's like, oh yeah, I listen to this guy, Cliff Ravenscraft. He does a show called Podcast Answer Man. If that's all you heard, I would imagine that you might assume that my podcast has something to do with answering questions related that people have that are common to uh, to uh, podcasting, right? It's just an assumption you could easily make. Now, here's another one. I have another podcast out there. If you haven't heard of it, I encourage you to check it out. And especially those of you who are in my target audience, you'd be very interested in hearing about the Virtual Assistant Podcast. 
at virtualassistantpodcast.com. Now, for those of you who have never listened to that podcast ever before, for those of you where this is the first time you've ever heard me mention that I've ever produced that podcast, what do you think that that podcast is about? The Virtual Assistant Podcast. Well, you might assume that it is a podcast that will help you understand what a virtual assistant is, how you can go about hiring them. It, you know, is it all overseas or is it, you know, domestic, are there domestic virtual assistants? How do you hire them? How do you learn how to delegate effectively? You might just assume that the virtual assistant podcast is going to be something like that. But, um, you know, the, the other thing that I could have done, I could have actually created a creative name for the virtual assistant. I, I could have, uh, you know, I could have called it getting it off your plate. All right. Getting it off your plate. So th- that's going to be the title. So, so let's just assume you're asking a friend saying, hey, I, can you tell me? A, oh, yeah, I'm, t- I'm totally into this podcast from Cliff Ravenscraft and it's called getting it off your plate. Now, what do you assume? You don't know who Cliff Ravenscraft is. You know nothing about it. All you've heard is there's this guy named Cliff. He does a podcast, and it's called Getting It Off Your Plate. Well, I might jump to the conclusion that this is a diet podcast talking about, you know, how to lose weight. Um, So it's a health and fitness podcast. Getting it off your plate. That would be the first place that I would jump to. But I would let's just say the, the thought process behind that title was... Well, getting it off your plate. It's like, you know what? I've got too much on my plate right now. I need to delegate. So maybe, so maybe I, I let, let's, okay. Well, let's just say I chose to go with delegating more effectively. All right. So now you hear, um, you hear that there's this podcast called Delegating More Effectively. What do you immediately jump to the conclusion? What is that about? Well, I might, if if I did not know what the podcast was about, that it was devoted to learning about how to delegate more effectively by the use of a virtual assistant, I might have imagined that just by the title alone, delegating more effectively just is about, you know, leadership principles or, or not leadership principles, but, um, you know, principles on how to effectively delegate tasks to your team at work. And it might be a corporate podcast for corporate team leaders, or, or for CEOs or business leaders and and how to delegate more effectively. And, and the thing is, is, you know what? Those all would be wonderful people that would be interested in if they found that, hey, I'm going to go check that out because of that title. And they made the assumption that this is going to be about how to delegate more effectively to their team members um, in, in their corporate setting. Chances are my virtual assistant podcast is going to be very interesting to those people and may actually find out, oh, this is about a whole different way of delegating I've never thought of before. But you can tell that I was very intentional with going with a very boring brand name straight to the point, the Virtual Assistant Podcast, because it's very clear. It's the it's about the Virtual Assistant Podcast. And if you go to gspn.tv slash shows, let me just do that real quick, gspn.tv slash shows, I want to read to you the list of some of the shows. These are all my podcasts that we have here in my network with my wife and myself. Um, Family from the Heart. My wife and I talk about our family and we just share from our heart. Podcast Answer Man, you already know. Guess what? Pursuing a Balanced Life. That's a podcast that I do on a regular basis. And it is all about my pursuing a more balanced and healthy lifestyle. 
Encouraging Others Through Christ is my faith-based podcast at Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast. Or I'm sorry, EncouragingOthersThroughChrist.com. Imagine, I wonder what that, what, what is the bent on that? I wonder <laughs> where that one is. Uh, Veronica Mars Fan Podcast, Hunger Games Fan Podcast, Twilight Saga Podcast, Virtual Assistant Podcast, Lost Podcast, Successful Life Mindset, Balanced Living Weekly, uh, Almost Daily Devotional, Social Media Serenity, Business Technology Weekly, or Business Tech Weekly, Help I Got a Mac, Doctor Who Fan Podcast. I mean, these are... These are the boring names that I have chosen, but they're very clearly communicating just with the title alone exactly what my podcast titles do. So I kind of like those boring titles. However, I just want to share with you that because I like these and because I desire these, that does not mean that is how your brand has to be launched. So for example... Prior to Google launching its web browser, did it make sense for them to call it Google? I mean, I actually remember hearing the word Google uh, back in the, I guess I was in the fifth grade, and I was watching one of those public uh, educational channels in class. I was in a Catholic school at the time, and and I remember them talking about a Google. I just thought it was a funny word, and we learned that it was one with so many zeros behind it, and that's what a Google was. But all of a sudden, Google comes out and, and launches their web browser, and it's called Google. And today, who doesn't know who Google is and what is? I mean, we don't even do we don't even search on the web. You know, it's like, hey, I'm going to search for that. No, we don't even do that today. What do we do? We Google things, and and believe it or not, today. It actually makes sense. People know what you mean when you actually say, I'm going to bing that. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You, people are out there binging all the time. Uh, I, I'd suggest staying away from binging. Stick with the Googling. But anyway, uh, you understand what I'm saying. What about video games? You know, what is an Atari? Man, as soon as I say that, the geek in some of us just like, it's like oh, yeah, Atari. Uh, and by the way, I'm reading this off of a website. I, I can't remember where I found this, but it says, I uh, I mean, most anyone in our age would know the name brand Atari, but prior to the launch of their brand, I bet hardly anyone in America or most of the world knew the word Atari was the Japanese word for when an opponent's pieces are in danger of being captured in the game Go, not unlike the term check in chess. So there you go. Uh, what about Lego? Before it was popular building blocks uh, that that we know today, well, the word Lego was actually made up completely. It is from the Danish word leggat, I think. I can't, I don't know how to pronounce those, but uh, leggat, uh, which means play well. So they 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 took the word for play well and completely made it up into Lego. And so there you go. That I mean, so. Is it possible for you to create a podcast with a name that has absolutely no descriptive value at all to as to what's in your show? Absolutely. I think it's probably good to have a little bit of a tagline to go with it, but uh, it is it is it is possible to have a, a a name for your brand for your podcast that is no descriptive value at all. I'm not opposed to it. Here's one thing that I will tell you, though, is confidence in your name is important. 
You know, there's nothing wrong with having a unique brand name that causes people to say, what does that mean? Tell me more. All right. There's nothing about that wrong with that. But um, just own it. You know, this is who I am. And and, and I, I believe I have so much confidence in what this is. People are going to talk about it and they're going to be spreading this crazy name all over the place. Matter of fact, one there's one guy out there that I'm very familiar with and, and had the honor of being on his show. Andrew Warner has a very successful podcast. In the name of his podcast, Mixergy. I mean, what is Mixergy? If all of a sudden I did not know who Andrew Warner was, if I did not know anything about Andrew Warner, and all of a sudden I say, say, what's your favorite podcast? And if somebody says, well, my favorite podcast is from Andrew Warner, it's called Mixergy. And I'm like, oh, Mixergy. So this, so your favorite podcast must evidently be about, you know, uh, different creative blends of alcohol uh, for parties and cocktails. It's a, it's, a, it's a podcast devoted to cocktails, Mixergy. That, that would be the first place that I would go. But is that what Mixergy is? Well, I'm not going to tell you what Mixergy is. If you don't know, I want you to go to mixer, Mixergy.com, which, by the way, it's M-I-X-E-R-G-Y.com slash about. Seriously, go to Mixergy.com slash about. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. And and so, again, be confident and, and say, hmm, Mixergy, I wonder what that is about. Here's what is most important. Pick a brand name and move forward with it. Don't let this paralyze you. Don't let your brand name paralyze you and keep you from moving forward. Whatever you choose, choose it. Own it. Love it. Evangelize it. Uh, there was a student in my podcasting A to Z course, and she says, uh, title of my podcast, and this, I'm going to read what she wrote, and I'm going to read it how she wrote it. She goes, okay, Cliff, wait for it. Wait for it. And she puts dot, you know, she said dot, 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 dot. Wait for it. The title is Fit for Brains. Fit for Brains. That's the title. She goes, and yes, it's a play on words, but everyone I ran it by loved it. And I know the title is a little crude, but funny and maybe a little clever. And you know what? Here's the thing. She owns it. She loves it. And she's ready to evangelize it. Own it. Love it. Evangelize it. Whatever your brand name is, that's what you should do. Fit for Brains is a great title. What is that podcast about? Well, my first thing is thinking Fit for Brains. Is it a fitness podcast? Is it is it is that what it is, or is it a podcast about intellectual ascent and keeping your brain fit? I I have no idea, but fit for brains at least is something that I may actually say. I wonder what that's about, guys. See if you can go and find it. Look out, look out there, and see if you can find fit for brains, and uh, see if that that shows out there, and and if you can find out what it's about. Anyway. Most concerns about the name of your brand can be overcome with clearly with a clearly communicated about page and how you strategically market your brand. So again, it, it's not about ha- you have to have a descriptive title, one that this clearly communicates what it is. But if you have a brand name that doesn't clearly define who you are and what it's about, then certainly explain the name of your brand. I just I was recently approached by somebody who was thinking about signing up for uh, my most recent episode or uh, session of podcasting A to Z, 
and they said, you know, hey, I, I want to do a podcast for this organization. It happened to be an organization that is a very large organization, and the organization went with a four-character acronym. So it, I, I'm, I'm just going to just say, I'll just use my own character. Uh, my, I, I'm pursuing a balanced life, and so it's called PABL. But anyway, he, he shared everything he communicated with me only had the four letters for his organization. And the first thing I'm thinking is I'm wondering what do these four letters stand for? And I went to the website and I couldn't find it. There wasn't in the header. It wasn't in the footer. It wasn't on the front page. I clicked on the about page and it wasn't until I dug into a sub page off of the about page that I finally understood what those four letters stood for. And I'm like, seriously? I had no idea. I didn't even know what this organization was about until I understood what those four letters stood for. So if you're going to have that, I encourage you to have an about page. I encourage you to think about a tagline, including maybe some kind of understanding in your in your podcast artwork, what it's about. Let your imaging on your artwork kind of communicate a little bit for you. Maybe a tagline potentially on your artwork, potentially on your on your header of your website, and if nothing else, at least maybe down in the footer, but certainly at the very minimum on your about page. And just know this, when you have a, a, a brand name that isn't descriptive like Virtual Assistant Podcast or a, a brand name that is not um, as, as descriptive as Podcast Answer Man, uh, just know this, own it, love it, evang- evangelize it. And then eventually, word of mouth will be your number one source of new people to your brand. And at that point, others are going to do the work of communicating to you who you are or to the other people who you are and what your show is about and what your brand is all about. So, for example, you know, of course, I I tell you that. But again, I'm telling you, I'm not going to tell you what Mixergy is. You do have to go to Mixergy.com slash about to find out what Mixergy is all about. But uh but here, that's the point. You know, you're hearing these things. People are going to explain it to you and they're going to evangelize it for you eventually. So it is my hope that if you guys are out there either right now trying to think what is my brand name or the title of my podcast going to be, don't think that it has to be something that holds you back. Take something that you like and own it, love it yourself and then evangelize with it. Move it for move forward with it and go in confidence with your brand and find other ways to clearly communicate and articulate what your brand is about in using with a clever use of a tagline, certainly an about page and some other things. Um, and of course, here's the other thing is if you choose a brand name right now, and certainly if you choose a, a name for your podcast, uh, it is possible down the road for you to change and rebrand. Many people may not know this, but Pursuing a Balanced Life at pursuingabalancedlife.com is a podcast that now has, I think, 565 episodes, maybe a little bit more than that, I'm not sure. But this podcast actually started out as being called My Crazy Life. And after 398 episodes, I changed from My Crazy Life to Pursuing a Balanced Life. And as a result of that change, I saw a massive increase in the number of people who actually subscribed 
to the podcast. It was a better communication of what my brand was. But I owned my crazy life for a while and, and well, for a long while. And I evangelized it and I did get lots of people. But I realized down the road that, hmm, I could probably, if I, if I rebranded, I could probably come up with a, something a little better. And guess what? It wasn't the end of the world. I rebranded, and it's not that difficult as you might think to actually change some things around. In fact, I'll I'll wrap with this, and then we'll go into our social media segment. But uh, I just want to say this: that um, podcast answer man, my business, uh, it used to be called Bitcast Media. That's right. Go ahead and do this if you get a chance sometime. Type in bitcastmedia.com. That used to be the name of my consulting business. Now, the Podcast Answer Man, the podcast was always called Podcast Answer Man. But uh, I, I, that was just going to be the name of the podcast. But then I was, you know, everything that I did business-wise was going to be under this company called BitCast Media. And somebody's uh, lawyer sent me some communication saying that they owned a trademark with the name BitCast and it happened to do with online streaming video, and it was too close. You know, what I was doing online was too close with what their trademark is, and they sent me a cease and desist and uh, and and demanded that I give them the domain. And I told them, I said, I won't give you the domain, but I will stop using it as my business, and I'll just forward it to my new brand, official brand. And that is when I finally made the decision to break out podcastanswerman.com uh, and and use that as my business, and it was not a problem. In fact, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because now my business is even more recognizable, and and uh, it, it's more clear about who I am and what I do in in that brand. So anyway, I hope that this has been helpful for you. That is just off the top of my head, the things that I think about when it comes to brands. I do personally like those descriptive ones that tell you all about what the show or what the brand is all about ahead of time. But uh, if you don't have that and you you want to go with something more creative, just own it, love it, and evangelize it. Do you work for yourself full-time or desire to do so in the near future? Do you have a desire to connect with other success-minded entrepreneurs? Are you ready to take your personal and professional growth to the next level? If so, the podcast Mastermind may be just what you're looking for. Imagine having ongoing access to non-judgmental and constructive feedback, tips and resources, technology reviews, and open exchange of ideas, collaborative tasks and meetings that are designed to boost your confidence and credibility. The Podcast Mastermind is designed to get you plugged into a small group of like-minded, success-oriented individuals who are consistently focused on helping you take the next right step toward meeting your personal and professional goals. For more details and to learn how to apply, head on over to podcastmastermind.com today. All right, my friends, it is that time once again for our social media segment, and here to join me is our social media correspondent, none other than Eric J. Fisher. Eric, how are you today? I am doing well. Thanks for having me. I am so glad to have you here, my friend, because I hear the world is in an uproar. (laughs) Google has destroyed all hopes of peace on earth. Yes, just in time for the holidays. Just in time for the holidays. They have done something to mess with YouTube comments. What's going on in this on this front? As if they were already amazing or something. No doubt. <laughs> YouTube comments were the bane of 
well, many people's existences, but uh, not mine. I just got annoyed by them. But yeah, YouTube, also Google Plus, they got married, I guess, in a way, because, you know, and that's weird because they were both part of Google. So that's kind of like, well, anyway, I won't say it. But you see what I'm saying is that basically Google is trying to merge all its stuff and, and quote unquote, forcibly make people use Google Plus. And there's been some backlash. But uh, yeah, some people have called it an upgrade, some have called it a downgrade, and some have called it just straight out frustrating. Yeah, I don't understand anyone's complaints, honestly. But then again, I have not given a lot of uh, uh, thought into it. All I know is that I see the difference and, mm-hmm. I, and I like what I see. See, and I'm, I am with you. I didn't totally understand what the angst would be in terms of the ch- this change, other than people who would just say, well, I don't use Google+, so I don't want to have to use that for my YouTube comments. And I totally get that. But uh, that's actually kind of why I like it. It makes YouTube, To me, it makes Google+, Plus, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, not viable. Um, Thrust upon you? <laughs> no, not at all. Well, it is. You have- you have to, yeah. So yes, you're not lying. However, um, I think it makes Google Plus useful no, again. I, I disagree. Well, to you, to, okay, okay. But here's the thing. <laughs> Let's talk about what it has done, and then I'll tell you why I thought it was useful specifically for me in sharing something of yours. Okay. How about that? Yes, tell so, me. So first off, what it does do is it, it's a change to the YouTube comments that Google announced back in September. And what it does do is it makes it so that you have to use your Google Plus account to leave a YouTube comment. And it, 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 you have to sync it. You have to combine it. You have to merge it. And what it does is that it's smarter sorting. So you can see from more people you know, so they say. There's, quote-unquote, more meaningful conversations because there's new threaded formatted comments, which we've always been all for threaded comments in everything that we do online. Yep. So that's a plus there. Yep. It's in more places, which means that comments appear both on YouTube and on Google+. So Th- This again, can be a benefit, I, and I'm going to talk about how this can be a major drawback, but go ahead. Okay, and then also you have moderation tools for creators, which means you can identify and hide unwanted comments more easily, which that, in terms of the old YouTube comments, that's definitely a plus there, I think, at least personally. So the way that I found out about it, that at least it first affected me personally, although I'd seen it here and there popping up, was that I went to your YouTube um, account to comment on your platform talk. Okay. And it required me to comment with my Google Plus account. However, when that happened, I was able to not only share my comment, but your video, whole talk video, out to my Google Plus from right there. Exactly. So I thought that was good. So 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 tell me this. So you're you're you actually land on the actual YouTube listing of my platform talk, and which right I'm going to go through while you keep going. Okay, and then what happens is that there's the comment box underneath there, and I think by default it's got a little check mark that says also published mm-hmm. to my uh, Google Plus feed or something. Yes. All right, and that's automatically in there, 
and then you type in your comment, and just by publishing your comment, you are also taking and publishing and sharing not only your comment, but it's actually your comment with the video into your stream, your Google Plus stream. Correct. Okay. So, so first and foremost, that that little checkbox is there by default, which I think is great for exactly that. I, I think it's wonderful that you commented on my platform talk and that actually got shared out on your stream. That's a perfect one. However, and and this is something that I only assume, and I could I could be absolutely wrong about this, but what if I have an unlisted video? that happens to be, let's just say, a one-hour video tutorial that people normally would pay me $100 for, and at the end of that, you see that there's a comment box underneath that unlisted video, and you make a comment, and then all of a sudden, you forget to uncheck that little box, and are you then uh, sharing the comment and my paid for, and of course I know what people are saying. What are you doing putting paid for products on as an unloaded listed video? Forget about that. Let's just say it's not. Let's just sit. Let's forget about the fact that it's an. Uh, let's just say it's an unlisted video because I don't want anybody else in the world to see it except for the person that I sent it to. Whatever the case may be. So forget about the paid for thing. But the fact is, is um, YouTube allows you to have an unlisted video for whatever purpose. It's not to be shared with the world. It's not to be indexed. It's not to be searched for. But if you put a comment on it and it has that little check mark, check mark box on it, will it share the unlisted video plus your comment to your your uh, Google Plus stream? The only way that I can give you an answer to that is to actually try it. And I would think because I don't. I, I, honestly, you're coming up with a scenario I had not yet thought of. But I would think, or I would hope. That Google would know. Oh, this vi- this video is unlisted and private, and so you can comment on it, but not that that the checkbox wouldn't even be there as an option. Let's make it a point to do that test sometime. Yes. in the future, right? not here live on Podcast Answer Man, but sometime in the future, because that's something I'd love to know. Now, here's the the one thing I do know is that you can go into advanced settings per video and turn off comments. I don't know that you could do that before. Maybe you could. If you couldn't, I know that that was something that was pretty recent. Yeah, because I, I, I do know I can do it now because I actually, w- I, I've, I've put a couple unlisted videos um, on YouTube and I have gone in to search to see if I could do it. And sure enough, I can turn off uh, comments altogether. And so on an unlisted video, there's really no reason to have comments there. And certainly not if there's the even the slightest potential. But the thing is, is now I'm thinking, how many unlisted YouTube videos do I have on uh, YouTube? And do I should I go in or have my assistant go in and pay her to go in and turn off all the comments on all those unlisted videos? Yeah, we'll need to find that out because that's definitely not something you want shared. Yeah. So anyway, that, that that that's something. I mean, and by the way, that's my only concern about the comments. Uh, I love the idea that my public videos can get shared out that way, and I think it's great. The one thing that I will say, though, is, you know, I, I do understand the gripe of anyone who says, I really don't even want a Google Plus account. It's mm-hmm. not, I don't mind signing up for a Google Plus 
I don't mind signing up for an account and registering for something that that keeps me from being an anonymous troll on the internet. You know, it, it, at least there's some kind of tie back to what's going on to me. I, I mean, I understand Google wanting to do that, but here's, but I do understand the gripe of people who say I don't want a Google Plus account. I don't want to be in your Google Hangouts. I don't want people to put me in their circles. I, and certainly I hate it when those people out there are, you know, not only doing status updates to the circles, but sometimes they're a little bit of abusive on that whole, well, let's just go ahead and email this update to everybody in my circles. You know who you are, people. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> but um, I understand they don't want to be on Google+. And Google+, should not, that, that's the one thing about Google+. And sure, you know, for those who are really into Google+, it's like, oh, this means a whole new influx of brand new users. It's like, yeah, it's a whole influx of people who are forced to be there. It, it, it they, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's like an arranged marriage where you have to, you have to force yourself to fall in love with each other. It, I'm going to go ahead and say what I didn't say earlier. And it is like an arranged incestual marriage. Okay. I didn't say incestual. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But YouTube and Google plus are both kids of Google. So yeah, anyway, I don't know about that. Sorry but, for offending you. Yeah. No, here's the deal. I, I do <laughs> like under- I could do that. That, but that's the one I would say. Uh, I totally, I totally get it. Here's the thing: I went to uh, Facebook, which is the ironically, which is the place where I can get the most honest and all threaded together in one place feedback on this issue. And I basically phrased it this way: I said, "Do you hate Google forcing the mashup of Google Plus and YouTube? Why?" Some people said, "No, don't hate it at all." Some said, uh, "The combination works well for me." Others said, I think it works for me, at least for now. But uh, somebody else said, uh, Google Plus is Google. YouTube is Google. And pretty much everything that YouTube had su- that sucked, Google Plus is improving. Um, but here's, here's one from Jeff Gentry, which I think is kind of, this is the one that kind of opened my eyes and I thought, oh, I get why people would be upset with this. He says, yes, I've had my YouTube account for years. It wanted me to change from my user from my username to my name. I refused. It wanted me to tie it to my Gmail account, and I refused. Then Google forced me to log into YouTube with an email, not a username and password, and give me a Google Plus email account that I can't remember. Then I had to update every app, every device, and email with that password. It's crazy. So I'm going from Xforce 11 to Xforce 11 dash. 4908 at pages.plusgoogle.com. I've already signed the change.com petition. It's just another example of Google not listening to their users and changing the interface. And he goes on from there. Yeah. No, so it, it, it makes a valid point. It makes a valid point. I, you know, I, the thing is though, is, um, as, as the creator of these videos and somebody who despised any time I had a comment on them, and I know that sounds crazy, but it, it was... I know. Just, they were just horrible. The Usually re- we're going for comments, well, and we hated getting them that were... Anyway. Well, well, here, I'll give you my number one uh, pet peeve. Somebody would watch my video, and they would ask a question. And the answer to that question is covered... I mean, it, it's like, oh, wow, I have an entire 38-minute segment on what you're asking about in episode number such and such of my podcast. Here's a link. And I couldn't send it. 
because it says, I'm sorry, you can't post a URL in the comment. That was mm, that was one right. of the things in the past. And so yep. I always would have to put, you know, uh, you know, I would have to put podcast and uh, podcast answer or podcast answer man all together. And then I would put a couple spaces and I would put put in D-A-U-G-H-T in all caps. <laughs> and then I would put space com space and then I would type in all caps S-L-A-S-H slash and it's just nuts. And so one of the things that I've noticed is that now it finally allows me to put in URLs. And so somebody posted a, a comment on one of my videos asking a question. If Hey, it's like, hey, how can I get music in my podcast? And I'm like, oh, you know what? Here's here's a link to an episode I did on that. It starts at such and such time into the episode. And boom, it was done. All of a sudden, it made something that was a painful experience into something that was, oh, wow, that was easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, if you're somebody, it, it, it's it's like that whole thing. It's somewhat similar to the whole Cliff is his brand and his brand is Cliff. And so some people like you won't have as big of an issue other than obviously the privacy or the, the private videos issue. But like I see where Jeff's coming from. And so where he wants to have one thing that's personal and one thing that's you know public and be able to granularly have settings that allow that, you know? Yeah. Here so. the 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 one thing I will say though is that, you know, when I I, I see all these petitions out there for these companies when they change things and uh, you know, Skype obviously had a huge backlash when they said they were going to cut off their desktop API for all their hardware and and also for, you know, that would break a lot of different services for mm-hmm. for recording audio. Um, and, and you know, a lot of people went and signed petitions and and, and it got onto the radar of Skype and, and they're like, hmm, you know what? OK, you're, you guys are right. But I think that that was a little bit different than what's going on here. And this is why I say that. Here in the situation with Skype, Skype was purchased by Microsoft, all right? But prior to Microsoft buying Skype, Skype had, you know, created all of these different things that allowed some wonderful third-party functionality. And one of the big things that they allowed was licensing of their name to certain products, especially hardware for phones and integration and stuff like that. And a lot of companies and a lot of, you know, a lot of businesses, a lot of personal people, a lot, a ton of people have Skype hardware in their home, in their business, for their personal use, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, Microsoft buys them. And sure enough, everybody's afraid and shaking in their boots. Is Are they going to totally destroy this thing? And then all of a sudden, they come out with this announcement. We're getting rid of this and they'll no, we'll no longer be supporting hardware uh, and, you know, we're no longer going to support this. And then all of these people, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of hardware out there that all of a sudden is now going to stop working. And I think that that is, that's, that's just wrong. You know, all these people who yeah, have invested yeah, exactly. to, to say, you know what, we believe in Skype and now you're going to cut us off. Now, I, and of course, they, 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 they heard the backlash and boom, that, that's it. Now, 
I certainly understand where folks are coming from. Listen, I want to. I, I don't. I don't want to tie this to my email. I don't want a Google Plus account. I don't want to be in people's server circles. I don't want to be in your stinking social network. Okay, so I totally get that. Uh-huh. But YouTube is still owned by Google, and it's their prerogative to put in, you know whatever commenting system that they want. And if Google has a roadmap that they say, you know, hey, we want to create a social network that pretty much everybody is on, it's, you know, you don't have to leave comments on YouTube videos if you don't want to. But if you (laughs) but if you're going to, we'd really like to bring this all into one house and we're trying to integrate all of our products you don't have to use Google Docs, but one day we're going to require that your Google Docs are created under your Google Plus account. And you don't have to use Google spreadsheets and, uh, you know, and all this other stuff. You don't have to use Google anything. But if you choose to do so, just know that one day our our roadmap is that this, you know, ultimately one day we will be Google Plus. <laughs> Everything we own will be Google Plus and it'll be under your Google Plus account. And I think that that's something they've been wanting to do for years. And I don't think a petition is going to change that. Yeah, no, especially with a big group like Google. Yeah. So anyway, that's my thought. But I am happy to see the threaded comments. I am happy to see people's names. Believe it or not, I, I, I love to see people's names. Uh, when it when I when I'm in there and and people are commenting, I I like that it ties back to a profile. Uh, I I think it gets a rid of a little bit of the trollish problem. And one of the things I don't know if that we talked about it. I'm gonna read this from one of the articles I read. It says now by default you'll see comments from people in your Google Plus circles, video creators, and popular personalities. So for example, if Lady Gaga has something to say about her own video, you'll likely see that comment near the top. Comments with many likes and replies will also be near the top. But if you just want to see the freshest crop of comments, you can always sort by newest first, which I think that that's great. And, of course, there are replies. Uh, The replies are threaded. And you can now report any comment for spam or abuse. I think that that is pretty huge. Uh, Video creators have a special set of tools for comment moderation. They can now remove a comment. That's pretty awesome. They can report it for abuse or ban the user from the channel entirely, which would require them to go and create a brand new Google Plus account, which I kind of think that's cool as well. So Yeah, I agree. I like it. I, I Personally, I'm happy with the change, although I do understand mm-hmm. one major thing, and that is I I hate that, that they're creating a, a social network out of reluctant new members yes (laughs) and 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 pending i i will i i will i will suspend my my um my feelings about uh the possibility of an unlisted video showing up in your stream if you comment on it and forget to uncheck a box uh until we confirm that that's actually something to Yes, and and we will do, we will go to the lab and we will test that. We will test it in the lab. 
Yes. All right. It looks like it looks like we've got time to cover that other issue if you'd like to talk about it. Oh yeah, just a real quick update. Uh, Twitter. Uh, we talked just a couple weeks ago that finally they rolled it out to where now anybody and everyone could go in and turn on the ability to allow anyone to send you a direct message, even if they're not following you. However. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was a little bit alarming too. People were like ringing the alarm that oh no, they turned they turned this on. Here's how to stop it. But then when you go in, it's not on by default. And so you know, I hand gave a hand clap to Twitter for not making that an opt out thing that it was automatically that you had to opt in or it was not turned on. Yeah. But now it's gone. It is gone. Did do you know why it's gone? I don't they don't say. Yeah. Nobody knows. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. It just all the reports that I've read have just said that it was something that honestly, even before it was fully rolled out, it, they had kind of, I guess there were reports that it had been, uh, you know, been play, playing with or experimented with, and some accounts would have it every once in a while, and uh, but right now it's it's not it's not in there, and it doesn't mean that it's dead. It just means right now it they're not testing it and it's not available anymore right hey i'm gonna pull up youtube we still even have a little bit more time if it's okay with you eric i have something sounds good i got something new this and by the way i didn't even tell you about this one Uh oh but uh, i'm gonna put in here twitter and how do you what was lee lefevre's uh common craft is that the uh, yeah it was sure. com- i think uh lee lefevre common craft what is twitter right twitter in plain english in- oh you're right <laughs> english <laughs> Exactly. So I'm going to play the audio of this real quick. A quick message from CommonCraft. This video comes in versions designed for use. All right. So anyway, I'll wait for this to come up here. But this is what when Twitter first came out, this was a great explanation of what Twitter was. In fact, the, the question that used to be asked was what are you doing? And boy, th- in my mind, this is what made Twitter great. And so I'm going to play the audio of what Twitter used to be. Here we go. It seems like everyone is using Twitter these days. You know, sharing little messages with each other on phones and computers. It turns out that all these little messages, if you look at them all at once, become an easy way to find people, news, and trends. This is Twitter search in plain English. Oh, wait, this is Twitter search. Never mind. I was looking for um, Twitter and playing English. Oh, here it is. I found so, it. So, what are you doing? It's one of the first questions we often ask friends and family. Even if the answer is just mowing the lawn or cooking dinner, it's interesting to us. It makes us feel connected and a part of each other's lives. Unfortunately. Okay, so I just want to say this. What are you doing? Even if it's just mowing the lawn or washing the dishes, it makes us feel connected. Do you remember that, Eric? I do. And and the it, what's surprising is the number of people who when you talk to them about uh Twitter and stuff like that, they all their number one argument, I could care less what you're having for dinner. I don't want to know what you're doing for lunch. It's like I don't care about you. I don't want your food selfie. <laughs> I don't want your food selfie. <laughs> but in my mind, this is what made Twitter awesome. It took us in our isolated little lonely worlds and it brought us all together and and helped us to understand some of our shared passions and stuff like that. And so I'm going to continue on here. Listen to this. Most of our day-to-day lives are hidden from people that care. 
Of course, we have email and blogs and phones to keep us connected, but you wouldn't send an email to a friend to tell them you're having coffee. Your friend doesn't need to know that. But what about people that want to know about the little things that happen in your life? Real life happens between blog posts and emails, and now there's a way to share. This is Twitter in plain English. Thanks to Twitter, it's possible to share short, bite-sized updates about your life and follow the updates of people that matter to you via the web. Here's how it works. Meet Carla. She's addicted to her mobile phone, reads blogs every day, and has contacts all over the world. She heard about Twitter and was skeptical. After some of her friends couldn't stop talking about it, she gave it a try. She signed up for free and saw that Twitter pages look a little like blogs with very short posts. Each page is personal and has updates from friends. She got started by looking up her friends on Twitter.com. After finding a few, she clicked follow to start seeing their updates on her Twitter page. Within hours, she began to see a different side of people she chose to follow. She didn't know that Stephen in Seattle was a baseball fan or that Julia in London was reading a new investment book. The little messages from Twitter painted a picture of her friends, family, and co-workers that she'd never seen before. All right, so I'm going to stop there. By the way, this is uh, a video from Common Craft, and you can find them at commoncraft.com. They make all kinds of wonderful videos that explain things in easy-to-understand uh, bites and, and short little videos, so check them out. But anyway, that for the longest time was the the only real explanation that that anybody had to go to to really understand Twitter in a short little brief video that really helps you understand what is the purpose of this social network, right? Yeah. And well, Twitter has changed. You know, Twitter doesn't like that all these people, you know, were complaining that I don't care what you have for lunch and I don't I don't I don't care that you're uh watching a football game or whatever the case may be. And so they 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 even changed over the years of of how they describe who they are. And did you know that Twitter actually now has an official video that explains what Twitter no. is? No, I didn't know that. This is brand new. Just came out. Listen to this. This is from Twitter. So you've heard of tweets, hashtags and trends. But what is Twitter really? Well, Twitter is the fastest way to get real-time information from around the world. It's much like a newspaper that automatically updates as news stories occur. Tweets themselves are short and sweet, like newspaper headlines. But unlike a newspaper, you choose what articles appear by following accounts that interest you. Just click follow. Let's say you're watching sports on TV. Using Twitter can give you a whole new perspective on the game. By following athletes, journalists, or people behind the scenes, you can get perspectives and access that you can't find anywhere else. And the same is true for politics, news, music, and even your friends and family. And you don't have to read everything that gets tweeted. You just check your timeline when it's convenient, like while commuting or waiting in line. In just a few seconds, Twitter can get you up to speed on everything that's happening. Whether you like books, bicycling, or the ballet, Twitter brings you closer in real time to what matters most. All you have to do is go online or grab your phone and sign up. Happy tweeting. There you go. Happy tweeting. I was bobbing my head. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's definitely more in line with what they said a year or so ago or more even when they called themselves an information network, not a social network. That's it. Yeah. But it, I think we've lost a little bit of the socialization on Twitter. I, I agree. I, you know, I, I, I follow. And I miss it. I miss it too. So much, man. I, you know, I, I sign in. Let me tell you what I see when I, I, I and I only follow 
people I'm really close to these days. I mean, that that I really want to know. I the, I only follow people I really want to know what they're having for dinner, what books they're reading, and you know when they're mowing the lawn, when they're going out for a walk, uh, you know when they're going out on a date with their wife or whatever. I mean, th- those these are the kinds of people that I'm following. And do you know what I get? <clears throat> Great blog post on this topic. Link. Link to, you know, uh, such and such just announced this. Link. This, 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 this. Link. I just wrote this blog post about this and why you should do this. Link. It's it's link to this. Link to that. Link to this. Link to that. It's And, and, and the big difference is the in the common craft video the old way it's so what are you doing this is a way to kind of be plugged into what your friends are doing and to to get to know each other you know to bring people together and it and and, and remember it, the the very first video is it's kind of like a blog it's kind of like a personal little update of here's what's going on in my world to where now what is it it's like a newspaper. Yep. It's information. And, you know, it, it's not so much personal, although, yeah, you'll get a little of that peppered in there. And, and, the, and the reality is I, I can spend, let's just say this, I can spend 20 minutes reading through my Twitter timeline to see what's going on, and I may find five interesting personal details about somebody and that is that, that's a lot of work to find those little tiny things instead i'm finding you know everybody's sharing everybody's links to everyone else and you know trying to be those good you know I'm hoping that i can share links to your stuff in hopes that that's going to engender goodwill so you'll, reciprocate. you'll reciprocate so much twitter is about trying to get reciprocation it, honestly yeah unfortunately Unfortunately, yeah. I think that's what I think Twitter's turned into. It, it's just like it, it is a mess of nothing but l- it's a marketing channel. It, it's turned into a marketing channel. And 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 I don't necessarily think that that's a terrible thing in and of itself. And and certainly it can be used as a marketing channel. And, I, and in some ways, I think it should be used as a marketing channel. But all I'm saying is that I really do miss the personal stuff. I, I so many people have have yeah. gone so far away from taking a picture of their cup of coffee and putting it in there. It's like that's that's all moved over to Instagram and very rarely shared out to Twitter anymore. You you know what I did last night? What's that? I took a picture of my Fitbit. Oh, I saw it with with twelve thousand something, and that was not the end total. But uh, yeah, I've. It's funny that this has uh, inadvertently come up because I've actually been moving myself and how I am on Twitter towards this older, more personal or interactive way. Yeah. Without losing some of the power of Twitter to get clicks to some of your stuff, it's it's hard to strike a balance in that way. Well, and but I'm working towards it. And that, and the thing is, you and I, we used to do a podcast, for those that don't know this, called uh, Social Media Serenity. And in that podcast, we used to talk about the rule of thirds, you know, one third yes. content about yourself, one third content about your content that you're creating that adds value to people, and one third content where you're linking to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was the thing. And what I see today is it's usually, mostly I see like let's just say 70% linking to other people's stuff 
20% linking to your own stuff. And if you're lu- if I'm lucky, I might get 10% about you as a human being. I, yeah. And, well, and, and I've, and I, I've I, heard the 80-20 rule is what people are promoting, where it's 80% other people's stuff or not selling stuff, and then 20% selling stuff. Yeah, and that's what I've seen. The, yeah. the human element is the social is really missing from Twitter these days. And I think that I think Twitter is somewhat to blame by by telling people we are not a social network. We're an information network. Yeah. And, and I think it's probably still one of the reasons why I'm even further drawn to to Facebook as as my number one social network of choice. I agree. Shame. What do you think, listener? Tell us in the show notes. Yeah, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash 335. Podcastanswerman.com slash 335. Do you miss the what are you doing question on Twitter? Eric, thank you again, my friend. I know that you have to get off here and do another uh, interview. But uh, just real quickly, do you want to plug anything before we go? Uh, People should go check out the podcast report. Oh, yeah. Because you and I don't just talk here, we talk there, and we talk about New Media Expo, where everybody should be going this coming January 2014. I like that. In fact, people should look for an upcoming episode of my podcast, Beyond the To-Do List, with an interview with founder Rick Calvert. Sweet. So two things you can check out is, first one, the podcast report, which you can find at podcastanswerman.com slash the podcast report will take you right there and then check out beyond the to-do list podcast with our great friend eric j fisher and you say you've got an upcoming uh interview with rick calvert yep it's actually today it's coming out today so there you go eric thank you my friend and we'll talk soon thank you thanks for having me well my friends that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of podcast answer man fun stuff today and yes i know i did it again over an hour i'm sorry hey but hey just a reminder i'm not going to be here next week for thanksgiving so i'll give you a little extra time to to pick up those few extra moments uh, that i went over anyway thank you guys for tuning in i do want to say that uh my next podcasting a to z course is already scheduled for 2014 It is actually going to start on February 3rd. That's right. February 3rd, 2014, will launch my 15th session of Podcasting A to Z. And I I am so excited. I already have two students registered. And it's only November 21st. I think that is so awesome. Of course, if you are not yet convinced that you need to create a podcast, I encourage you to watch my talk that I did at the Platform Conference it's called, it's actually the, the premise of the video, the talk, is why you should create a podcast within the next 90 days. So I encourage you to check that out. If you want to see that video, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days. That's 90-D-A-Y-S. And you'll understand why you should do that. And of course, uh, there are is the free option of you who are more technical. You can get out there and go to learnhowtopodcast.com, which uh, is my free tutorial on how to do this. And thousands of people have launched their podcast without having to hire me or take my course. And I think that that's wonderful. 
And of course, for those of you who do desire a little bit more of a personal touch and the ability to ask an unlimited number of questions for four weeks and all of my step-by-step tutorials to help you through each step in the process, that's where the podcasting A to Z course comes in. And I did play that little promo right before the social media segment, the podcast mastermind. You know, I had somebody email me recently and said, what? You mean I can actually sign up for that now? I thought you you only had open enrollment for that every now and then. Actually, I have a couple openings in the podcast mastermind. So if you're interested, go to podcastmastermind.com. And then finally, the last thing I'll share, share with, here, with you here, easy for me to say, is the Bluehost signups. Thank you to GIMG.TV and Brett Perry, B-R-E-T-T-P-A-R-R-Y, BrettPerry.com. I believe both of those students from my current podcasting A to Z course. Thank you so much for using my Bluehost affiliate link. As you guys know, I get a very generous commission when you do that. All of my thoughts on hosting at podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. Until next time, I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving for those of you who celebrate. And thank you, everyone else. Take everything you do to the next level, my friends. Helping you to get the beat.